When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Into the Comics Cave with your host, comic book heartthrob, Grant Stoy. Uh, so, uh, we're starting, and I'm Grant, and this is the the Into the Comics Cave. I told you I was so bad at opening. I don't know where <laughs> And my guest today is a uh, famed Marvel cover artist, uh, Maria Wolf. Maria, how are you? I am doing great, Grant. How about you? I'm just spectacular. We we just got to talking about hot wings, so now I'm actually kind of hungry. Right. Like as soon as you said it, I just can't stop thinking about it. Because recently, oh. I really like like spicy teriyaki stuff. Ooh. Like if this is kind of a non sequitur, but like, what would, what's your desired hot wing coating right now? For me, uh, well, I mean, I'm classic buffalo. I'm just like. That's just, I love the original. I even went to the original Buffalo Wing uh, creation in New York. So New York Buffalo. There's two uh, Buffalo Wing shops there. And one claims that, you know, it's the one who created Hot Wings and the other one's the one. And each one's great because one has like really tasty sauce and the other one, their wing, the moment you bite into it, it is so crispy and it's so juicy. But then I wish like the sauce was on one right. and the other one. I was like, <laughs> why can't you just guys work together? Just make like the ultimate wing. But I am, uh, I'm a fanatic of hot wings. Like I'm not, there's been times people have taken me, like when I stay in my house, I'm like, I don't want to go out. I'm just going to stay here. No, it's right. cool. I got, I got work to do. And they're like, we'll, we'll get hot wings. Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> We're leaving. I'm waiting on you guys. It's like, come on. I'm dressed. Let's go. Come pick me up. You know, something about hot wings and a nice, good beer yeah or a side i love apple cider a lot so oh Mm. man it's so good but yeah i go for original buffalo i don't mind barbecue teriyaki is really good too Mm. i love um what's that one the garlic parmesan that's really good oh yeah oh that's real good uh, mango habanero, you can't say no to that. Oh, I love the taste, but I'm such a sissy. Like, oh. I get halfway through the first wing, and I'm, I'm like sweating bullets. God, there is a place here called uh, Wings and Rings. And so, sometimes I'll even take the challenge of taking like the hottest wing, knowing oh. my stomach is just going to have like the ultimate crying chaos. The bathroom, nobody bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll scream in pain. But uh, I remember, I think. When I was 21 or 22, a couple of my buddies took me to Wings and Rings, and they gave me the hottest hot wing. They don't even have it in the menu. You have to ask for it. Oh, So wow. they come out with one hot wing, one little hot wing. That's it. And it's just, this thing is like pure red, but it kind of looks black, like a darkish reddish red black or something like that. That was the color. Yeah. And at the time, I never drank liquor, so I only had like water and soda. So... I remember I grab this wing and I take it like a chap. I don't go, I just go, ah. <laughs> I rip into that wing. I'm like, let's do this, go home or not, you know? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't like, just ripping it, ripping it up, eating it. I ate it all down. I was like, all right, okay, it wasn't that bad. 
a couple of seconds of passing by. I was like, no, don't feel. Uh, ah, there it is. All my lips are red. I'm like drooling now because it's just my mouth is salivating from the heat. It's trying right. to cool my mouth down. You know, I'm trying to like drink constant water, but all my friends were drinking alcohol. And at the time I wasn't. So I'm like, oh, no, there's just beer and liquor everywhere. <laughs> I'm constantly dousing water and soda. I had ranch too. I'm drinking ranch because oh, I'm nice. like, I'm just like, it is so. <laughs> Like my fingers, like the dye of that hot sauce was so like strong. I had like red on my finger. It wouldn't okay. go away. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> but it was a good howling. This is oh, I, I did it. Say that now. Okay, I survived. But no, I do like I like spicy food to to a point, you know. <laughs> well, this kind of leads us into this question: okay. uh, Is this a product of uh, where you grew up? Because you you are self-professed. Midwest girl. Right. Right. Well, I mean, Chicago's notorious for all you've seen. We're like, you, we're notorious for all kinds of food. We got our pizzas. We got a hot dog. We got a big babies. We got our. Wait, beefs. hold on. A, a what? A big baby? You never had a big baby? <laughs> no, oh, so big baby. There's a place here. Well, where my parents live. It's called Jackie's. And their big babies are like two meats, uh, lettuce, tomato. It's a burger. But they okay. put like grilled onions on it, but they call it a big baby, right? So we're you heard of mild sauce? Do you know what mild sauce is? Okay. I don't know. Not <laughs> okay. Mild sauce is uh, you know what? And maybe that's why I like hot wings too. Because mild sauce is technically Louisiana hot sauce. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just like mild down, so it's not too but yeah, here in the south and the west too, whenever you go to like a small hot dog shop, you can ask for mild sauce. And they just they drench it in your fries. Oh, that's so, nice. So you have like a burger, and you have like all these French fries, and it's dressed with you know with hot sauce all over it. So mild sauce, but yeah, I think. Oh no, you know what? My dad was is a big wing person, so I grew up and I started eating hot wings and I started loving it more. But I have like a really like bad habit about it because I'll be like, you know, my roommates are like, oh, what are we gonna eat today? I'm like, hot wings, <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, no, we had that last week. I was like, damn. <laughs> Because I can eat hot wings every day as long as it's like a different flavor. Yeah. Think of it. You can have chicken every day, tiny little chicken drumsticks and wings, but as long as it's a different flavor, you will never get bored. <laughs> Is that so? Were you were you a picky eater growing up? Oh no, no, no I ate everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you know, I come back from a family who are like, look, we're poor. You got to eat this because we got nothing, huh? <laughs> But I will say this, because I ate it so much as a kid, some things I cannot eat now because I've had oh, yeah. it so much. So like refried beans, I can't eat so much of those because I just get like, it's just, right. I can't have, um, I do not like pasta. I don't like uh, spaghetti. No, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I was like, I don't, I like, I can have like, because my dad also was a big person of like basic foods. Mm -hmm. So like spaghetti and meatballs, you know, you get your ham turkey sandwich, you know, it's very simplified, you know, right here. And me, my mom was the kind of person who was like, because, well, you're Mexican, right? So a lot of like traditional Mexican parents are like, yeah, we're going to cook all traditional Mexican food, right? But my mom was very different. My mom said, no, I want to try cooking other things. Well, that's why I became a foodie because my mom's like, well, I don't want to make spaghetti. I want to make pesto pasta, you know, I'll make Alfredo, you know, cabanera. I, I don't want to make just a, 
a turkey sandwich. I want to make like a, a submarine, like, you know, but yeah. almost a little bit more like, let's be adventurous with our food. And that's how I became adventurous. But yeah, now it's like, I don't like pot. I don't like spaghetti because my dad for years was always like, I only want spaghetti and meatballs. And I'm just like, but we can have like pesto. We could have chicken alfredo. We could do so much. My dad doesn't like creamy foods. So really? I was just like, he, he just doesn't. He, you give him alfredo and he's like, Ugh, it's too salty, too creamy. So like, what does, what does your family think of uh, the disgusting uh, cheese and sauce souffle that you people call deep dish pizza? Oh, we love it. Oh, it's <laughs> great. Oh, oh, do not talk to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's Our... Detroit-style pizza and everything else. <laughs> you know what? I like Detroit-style pizza, too. I'm on to you. That shit's delicious. <laughs> like I said, I'm a foodie, so I can't <laughs> say no to nothing. I'm the... If somebody tell me, like, uh, New York-style pizza, I've had New York-style pizza. That's delicious mm -hmm. as well, too. If you want something, oh, it's great when you're drunk. It's 2 a.m., you're just like, oh, I need something to sop up all the liquor. And you go, you get yourself a, a big slice. That thing has grease dripping yep. like crazy, right? But the moment you eat it up, you're like, oh, there it goes. My hanger, it's all gone. <laughs> I can drink again. Right, I've had Detroit pizza. I mean, it, that's great, too. All the little pepperonis and stuff. This is really great. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I like my deep dish, too. Uh, it's, it's great. I love when people say, like, it's a giant casserole. That's all it is. There's a video too, so my sister showed me where this guy's complaining about deep dish. And he's like, where's the cheese? Where's the cheese? It's just sauce. Like he's seeing it getting made. And then another Chicagoan's like, it's in the bottom. Right. It's in the bottom. He's like, where's the ingredients? Where are the toppings? And they're like, it's in the bottom. It's in the bottom. <laughs> and everybody, everybody from, I guess, Chicago saw this and they were just lashing at this guy. Oh my God. And then he did a video again. He's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that you guys make your pizza and that it's it. all your ingredients are in the bottom and the top is sauce. So it was like, you're like, yeah, that's right. Don't diss our pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing, though. That's why I like about Chicago. Like, uh, even though New York will complain they're the best and other people too, you know, deep down we know we're the best. But you don't, you yeah. don't like broadcast it. Right. We're not going to like say, like, yeah, deep dish is the best thing out there. And on top of that, too. That's not really our pizza because if you're from Chicago, uh, deep dish is like, I'd say more of like a fancier pizza. Mm -hmm. Not everybody eats deep dish, right? The main pizza of Chicago is a thin crust pizza that comes in squares. Like, I'm not lying to you. Most of our pizza areas will give you uh, thin crust pizza, oh, but it's squares. And then that's a thing. And like, that's the main thing. And they, it always comes with an RC. Have you had RC? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. RC and Fago. Oh, dude. My parents live by the, the company RC. And I was just like, yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, you're from Chicago because you don't even want cola. You want RC. You're like, that's always cola over here, right? And I grew up with RC. I like it more than Coca-Cola, right? My mm -hmm. friends would be over there like, yo, you drink RC. I was like, you ain't a real Chicagoan if you're not drinking RC, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, usually you'll get your pizza and you'll get like a, a liter of RC and like sometimes a bag of fries, depending on where you get it from, or like right. breaded hot wings. That's the main pizza from Chicago. We just don't talk about it because everybody wants to say, you know, deep dishes are pizza. But what truth is, thin crust with either sausage, pepperoni, or supreme is really our pizza. So oh, that's wild. Yeah. So if you ever come back to Chicago, get a pizza. Just get just go to your local 
pizza shop, and you're going to see they don't even have deep dish. It's oh, thank God. A, it's just a thin crust pizza with, a, you might get your two liter, and you might get some french fries. Okay. <laughs> hey, oh. it's great. Oh, yeah. And what was it like growing up around Chicago? I liked it. You know, I think for when I was younger, about till five, I lived in Cicero for like a year or something. Okay. And my parents wanted to get the hell out of there. Because that's why I said, you think Chicago's bad. Woo! I remember somebody broke into our house, right? So I was a kid. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Somebody broke into our house. I remember this vaguely. And then my dad's like, oh, they took our TV. They took our stuff. And then a couple of days later on, our landlord comes downstairs. And he's trying to sell my dad a TV. No. And it's my dad's. And my dad knew it was his TV because the stickers I put on the TV were right on the TV. <laughs> so our landlord was a drug addict and he just broke in, took what he wanted, and he just tried to sell it back to my dad. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then that's when my dad's like, we need to get the hell out of here. <laughs> so we went to Cicero and to Chicago. I was more on the south side, close to the suburbs. Okay. So when people tell me like, oh, how is it Chicago and stuff? I'm like, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm from Chicago, but I'm also really close to like the borderline of the suburbs. So where my area is, is like really boring. There's mm -hmm. nothing to do. There's just a bunch of fast food joints. Because I'm by Midway. There you go. So okay. like Midway Airport, which is mostly, you know, hotels, fast food joints. All right. But I'm still in Chicago. And then recently now, I'm, I'm here in Wick, by Wicker Park. So... Now I get to experience like the Chicago, Chicago lifestyle. Right. Now, because I'm living in the area. But I mean, even as I got older, that doesn't mean I went to downtown, I went to Chinatown. Me and my buddies had places, a couple of comic book joints, you know, figure stores. So I enjoy it. That's why I said I'm a city person because it has everything I need right. and want. And it's really cool too because, you know, I do these covers and I get to go to my local shop sign covers people get to see me and that's why i said i i do enjoy living in chicago it's a good ex and what i like about it is that nobody's fighting each other you know what yeah, i'm because yeah. if you notice like in california like new york it's like really like tight on artists mm -hmm. everybody's just like fighting to be like well known and that's also the type of artist too like like in new york and like california everybody wants to make it big yeah. So they try to be like the LA artists and like the cool vibes and be with the crowd. So, you know, you can't be with these people. You got to be with these people. You got to do this. You got to do that. But here in Chicago, what I like about it is that everybody's just like, hey, everybody join the crowd, you know? It's a party everywhere. You know, you have great galleries. Everybody's very supportive. I've never really dealt with any like ba a bad crowd. Yeah. Now, great. Granted, I've been with crazy crowds and people <laughs> who are just like, hey, let's go in. Uh... <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, you know. It's... Look at the time. Catch <laughs> wings. And it's like, hey, let's get some uh, wings. <laughs> a a, sh a smoke and some wings. <laughs> yeah, a smoke and a pumpkin. It's a, a smoke and a wing. <laughs> and I'm not saying, you know. Yeah. It's where my creativity comes from. That's a whole lot of beer. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like I said, it's uh, very welcoming. Like I said, when people say like bad things about it, like, oh, you know, it's Chirac and it's all these things. I always tell people too, I'm like, look, I've, I've traveled uh, all 
throughout the United States for the conventions. And yeah. my dad loved road trips. And I can tell you one thing, it's bad everywhere. No mm. matter where you go, there's always some violence somewhere. I was like, you know, here, shootings. New Mexico, crackheads. You know, yeah. I remember one time I was in New Mexico, I, I turned, just like here in Chicago, you turn the wrong uh, left, and then you end up in an area where you're like, oh, this is a bad area. <laughs> it's a real bad area. And I was over there, and people are knocking on my window, and there are a bunch of meth heads. I forgot in New Mexico, there's a big meth problem over there. Just like yeah. in Chicago, there's a lot of big um, shootings and stuff, but I'm like, it, it's bad every, you know, everywhere. And I see it more as a, if you're doing bad things, you're most likely going to deal with the bad things, right? Like, right. you know, you shouldn't be in an area in a certain time. You know, you shouldn't be, you know, it's crazy over here too. Cause even where I live, I'm by, there's a place here called Humboldt Park. Okay. It's a, it's a pretty dangerous area during the nighttime, right? People are out there, a lot of game bangers and stuff. And, uh, but look at, you learn not to go there at 2 a.m. <laughs> thinking like no one's gonna shoot you <laughs> or harm you. And sometimes when I'm up like doing the, my covers and stuff, it'll be like three or four. And I see people jogging around my neighborhood. And I'm like, man, you got bigger guts than I do. Dude. Because like you guys don't know your lesson. How many times the news gonna tell you people getting shot? <laughs> right? I mean, uh, recently a bullet ricocheted into our window. Nope. You know, <laughs> you see, my you're like my mom. My mom was like, No, you're you're moving back, you're coming to over here. <laughs> we got you. And I'm like, Mom, uh, I I told my mom, I was like, they were shooting at our place too when I lived over there, because I lived in the attic. And I remember I would look in the in the window that would head towards the alley, right? Right. And I would see people out there going, doo, 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 and then they're running around. And I'm just like, I, I saw the shooting right in front of my face. <laughs> and she's like, no, I need you to be here. You got, you'll be safer. I'm like, same thing too. And then when the police came over, they told me too, they're like, because he's uh, one of the police officers saw all my collectibles, right? Right. He saw all my stuff. He's like, oh, nice collection. And then when I told him, I'm like, yeah, I work for Marvel and stuff, he's like, oh my God, no way. And he's like, don't you think you should move to the suburbs? Because he sees like an apartment full of like women, you be safer and stuff. Yeah. And I tell them legit, oh, hell no. I lived in the suburbs for a year and everybody was really creepy. And <laughs> they were, they knew who I was and they like were watching me. I was like, here, nobody watches me. Everybody has their own thing to do. But the suburbs were legit like, yeah, stay here. Yeah. We like you. I was like, who's we? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said there's it's dangerous area, but I like the city. I like the nightlife. It's cool here in Chicago. There's a lot of cool like um pop up bars. Oh yeah. There's, um tons of them over here. I'm trying to remember what's that bar that's there's a certain bar here we have in Chicago and they do theme pop up bars all the time. Game of Thrones, you have oh, the office. Oh, Harry Potter. They did like so many cool like pop-up bars. So oh Lord of the Rings, they had one time. Yeah, they're just really cool. Like I said, a lot of cool bars. I mean the drinks are expensive. But yeah. Oh, yeah <laughs> it's Chicago for you. You know, beer is like eight dollars. You're like, okay, this is a really cheap, crappy beer. Yeah. Why is it eight dollars? <laughs> you know, it's that um what is it? Bud Light or like some some stupid beer, and you're like, you know, this thing over here, I could get a whole can for like three bucks. 
but I'm going to pay for this tiny little can for like, you know, <laughs> nope. eight bites. So I was like, no. Sometimes it could be ridiculous, but there's some cool stuff too. Uh, hey, yeah. were, were you an artistic kid? Yes, I was. <laughs> I was, my parents told me when I was two years old, that's when I started like coloring and drawing. Oh, wow. So since two, I was just really going at it. But it's funny because when I was really young, I didn't want to be an artist. Really? That was like, I art to me was just the enjoyment of it. Yeah. I didn't want, I wanted, at first I wanted to be an archaeologist. Oh, right? right on. But because of Jurassic Park, right? Yep. That's exactly why I was such a, you, dude, you don't know how big of a fan of Jurassic Park I am. Like right now I have my collectibles, but I have a storage area where I have all the figures. Like I've been collecting Jurassic Park even as a kid. Did and... you ever get the Jurassic Park uh, Tops comic books? No, I wanted. That's the next thing. I'm trying to get the. I'm trying to get the the comic books. I'm trying to get everything. Like little. Right now, I'm more focused on the figurines. Right, right. So I have like all these. Fi- I have boxes and boxes and boxes. I have plushies. I have discontinued plushies. I have like all these things. Oh, Everyone, cool. um, when Jurassic World first came out, mm-hmm. I had like these two like plushies. And I had them in my bag, and this lady came up to me, and she's like, where did you get those? I love to give them to my son. I was like, well, guess what? They're discontinued, and you'll never find these again. I was like, <laughs> you can try laughing. I was like, try eBay. I'm telling you right now, you're going to be spending a big penny on these guys. And she's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a big I, – so I wanted to be an archaeologist because of that. And then my friend corrected me, even a paleontologist. And I'm like, you're right. I wanted to be a paleontologist, right? <laughs> But then I didn't want to be a paleontologist because, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, would I really, would I really defy God? You know, if somebody tell me, can we bring back dinosaurs to life? And I said, yeah, yeah, I would. I would defy the heavens. Oh, and, hey, yeah. And then it would be the whole situation again. And I would <laughs> die from a dinosaur. And I'm like, I did this to myself. <laughs> and it would just be ripping me apart. I was like, this is the only way I could die. <laughs> Everything's going according to plan. What I created kills me. Yes, that's my purpose. So I wanted to be that. I wanted to be a veterinarian. That didn't work out either. Not until I got to high school, around my junior year. Yeah. So my third year in high school. That's when I was really thinking because I had I always had sketchbooks. I draw, dude. I would draw every day, like every every day, even if it was for a little bit. But I would go to family events. I would draw. I would go mm-hmm. to picnics. I would draw. I would go. I, I was always drawing. So you would always see me drawing. Even if there were little sketches, I was always drawing. Yeah. And then I was starting to build up character designs and just a lot of cool things, right? And then when it got to my junior year, I really said to myself, well, what the, what do I want to do, right? Like, what, where can I see myself? And because I was really big into drawing characters because I was really big into Final Fantasy. I was really mm-hmm. big into Pokemon. I was, I was big into video games too. See, I grew up as a nerd. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was, yeah. And my dad too. He didn't help because he, my dad was a big nerd too of the 80s. So he was like Star Wars. Oh, that's like, rad. He liked Star Trek. My dad is the one who got me my first comic books. He took me to a comic book store. And I remember the first comic book I held in my hands was a She-Hulk comic book. Yeah, I got that. And was I, it the, the John Byrne one? God, I don't know which one it was. I just remember that I have it. It's in my book collection. It's all battered and stuff because, of course, as a kid, you're like. Oh, dude, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. And you know you love something when you have it. And it is just battered to, like, dirt. There's, like, marker stains. There's just, like, and you just keep ripping the page or they're wrinkled. 
because mm-hmm. you don't pop it and i wish i took care of it because i'm like why did i not take care of that but it was um it was a sheep hawk comic book and the cover which was crazy it's one of those you know back then when in uh when comic books when they would really make like mint of those comics they would make them thicker and sturdy with a yeah with a stronger cardstock yeah but she hawk and i remember i guess it's a variant cover but she's really shiny so she's like you're like she's all shy so the cover shimmers so i really like that as a kid I, oh, oh yeah that sounds rad that so i love that it's kid i love she hawk i thought she was so cool she was such a badass and then what really got me into it was that my dad went to a flea market one day and he, i remember we got into the car and he, there's a big box there and i'm like oh what's in the box right this is when i'm like eight eight ten years old and my dad's like, oh, I bought comic books. I was like, comic books? What? And he bought it and I opened it. Oh, these were all the dark comic books. This is like the adult, like, you know, blood and gore. This is oh, Batman. Yeah. I forgot which Batman it is. It's the Batman where it has a Hellboy influence in it. Ah, which one? Which Batman is that? I don't know. I got that Batman. I got another Batman. I had it just, whoever had these comic books was really into Batman. Yep. Was really into Spawn. Was oh, really wow. I'm telling you, he got all the dark comic books, and I'm I don't know my dad was not supposed to give me these comic books, but these comic books have like sex and blood and gore, and right. I'm just like right here, like, yeah, this is some good stuff, right? <laughs> well, it's wild that you got you like the spawn and stuff because oh, your yeah. art is hyper detailed. Oh, like that like, uh, Todd McFarlane Greg Capullo's runs on that on right. spawn. Which I think that's probably where I got like the influence probably from. It's just because I'm not lying to you, I would literally study those comic books mm-hmm. like that's it and just just looking at them aries studying all the penmanships and stuff and well so that leads to where i am now so my dad took also to me to my first convention it was at um wizard world in chicago oh right on yeah he took me there one time only because after that he's like i'm not paying for this because this is expensive as hell because he had to buy, because, you know, it's me, my two sisters, and my mom. So, you know, five tickets all together. Oh, my dad's like, do Wizard World? Yeah, Wizard World. Jeez, and my, right. buy for one day, it was like on a Saturday. My dad's like, never again. I'm not going to buy. So I started saving up all my little money. Every time I had a birthday or Christmas and somebody would send me money, I'd just save it. And that was literally like my religious thing. Mm-hmm. From that day on, I would save up all my money and just take the train and go into Wizard World and just... You know, go there. I didn't have a lot of money. I was just there to collect all the freebies, yeah. take tons of pictures, and it was great. But yeah, so then when I got to my junior year, I remembered. So I really was thinking, what am I going to do with my life? And when I went to Wizard World again, there was a booth that said um, character design, which I was doing at the time. And it was for video games. And I was like, oh, that's really what I would love to do. I would really like to be a concept artist. I like to, because I was already doing that. I was making yeah. worlds and characters. I was like, let's do that. And then what happened was, then, I don't, do you play video games a lot? Mostly like the same four games uh, ad infinitum. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there was, uh, I think the PlayStation 3, there was a thing called Orange Box. Have you heard of Oh, yeah, with Portal? Yeah! Oh, you get yeah. it. They got Half-Life yeah. and mm-hmm. Team Fortress 2, right? Yes. So I was a great really, deal, by the way. Oh, Are those man. three games on there? Oh, yeah. uh, okay. You want to know something funny? Yes. So in TF, did you, you did you play the TF two on that? I dude, to tell you the truth, I was obsessed with Portal. 
Oh, yeah, because so Portal is really good. Oh, man. Well, Portal is more of a, like a really cool puzzle game to it, right? Mm-hmm. So TF2, before any of these other games came out, before Overwatch, before Fortnite, all that, TF2 yep. to me was like that big fighting game, right? And I was so into it. They had a gaming roster for like top, you know, 10. Yeah. And I remember my New Year's resolution. I said to myself, I'm going to be number one. You're going to see. I'm, I'm telling you, there are nights where I was just like glued to that TV, racking in points, points, points. And one day I woke up and I got to be number one on the roster. I beat everybody. I, I cleared it. I killed it. I took a picture of myself with the orange box thing. I was like, and my name, I'm going like. <laughs> but that didn't last very long because I guess, you know, because people are competitive. So that lasted, oh, like, yeah, no more. Do you know? You're right. So like the, after like 30 minutes, I went back to like number like. 12 and i was like for that one moment i got to be number one <laughs> you got the picture it's gonna live forever that that was it so yeah so i and because i liked uh the company that what was your company's name what is oh, it uh, val. val i liked and i was like oh i would love to work with Val because i got so into that game and i remember valve had a little pamphlet that said oh if you're ever interested you know those little gaming pamphlets inside yeah. like Look at their website. I went into their website and they're like, oh, yeah, we're hiring, looking for artists and all these things. And I remember one of the things said, in order to be a concept artist, you must learn different types of styles, right? You must be able to, you know, which makes sense because you're going from, you know, one game from another game. You yeah, have to true. draw differently. So that's when I grabbed my sketchbook and I started drawing some cartoon characters, different styles and like doing different things. And I'm like, yeah, this is what I do. I want to be a concept artist. Right? I want to do that. I want to do that. And then college, ha- well, then graduation happened. Found out I couldn't go to the school I wanted. Parents Aww. couldn't afford it. Everything yeah. just went boom, boom. I became a very depressed kid, right? I was like, but I still kept drawing. No matter what, I kept drawing. And then it didn't get to me till I think after four years, everybody got their associate's degree and their bachelor's. And all my friends were graduating. And then after that, you know, I said to myself, I was like, I, I don't want to be here. You know, mm-hmm. I should already be over here, not still here. Right. So luckily one day after going through all my miserable jobs and, you know, miserable life, uh, an artist here in Chicago, his name is Anthony Cosart. So he does mask and uh, FX. So he does oh, right like on. really cool guy. He went to the school that I wanted to go to. Um, and Jill Thompson also went to that school to oh. the, Amer- the American Academy of Art. That like is the biggest. Uh, Alex Ross. Oh there well, too. well there you go. You, know, you see, so this was like a prestigious school. Like everybody, to me, I felt like the big people go there. You know, you right. only the top tier people. And I'm like, I want to be the top tier. But I remember when they told me and they sat me down and I was going through and they're like. Man, if you could find like two jobs, maybe even three, try to make some extra. And I was just like, three jobs. <laughs> to draw. And she's like, yeah, this is how you could pay it off. You take out this loan. And I was just like, well, I cannot afford this goal. It was nice knowing you, right? But like, like I said, I still didn't give up. And then one day, Anthony Cosart, he put on his Facebook page, hey, look, there's a new school opening. It's about comic books. Um, you guys should go check it out. And I remember I saw that and I was looking at their tuition and stuff. And at the time I was like, I can afford that. I can afford that. And I don't care if I get in debt and I can afford that. But my dad, when I was younger, would install fear. Like you're going to get in debt. You're going to get in debt. 
like, why do you want to go to these expensive schools if you're going to get in debt? And I that just was like, man, you're right. I'm going to get in debt. <laughs> I was like, I guess not, right? Uh, right. So I went to that school and I called them right away. I remember that day. I was just, I came from work. I was so tired. And I had my little laptop and I signed up. I called and they're like, yeah, come in like this week or next week. And I said, okay. So I brought my portfolio. I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, let's, let's see how the school is. And right when I walked into that door, the principal walks me through, shows me. And the person who's reviewing my portfolio is Jill Thompson. No. So Jill Thompson's in the room and I'm over there like, oh, because I've met her in conventions before. Yeah, yeah. So I've talked to her here and there, but I was like to legit be in a room with Jill Thompson. I'm over here. I'm all shy. I'm like, oh my god, it's been it's been years since I had a portfolio in, uh, interview. And Jill Thompson goes through my artwork, and you could just see her eyes are just like, wow, you know, what are you, what have you been doing? And I'm just like, eh, working. So <laughs> <laughs> I've been working, you know, what working and figuring out where where my destination is. And she says, you need to come to this school. And I, she's like, I truly believe you have a future if you really pursue really push it and not just that too so i had these artworks that were like on cardboard and so yeah. I, I had a i had this really cool like kitsune like this demon fox and jill loved it so much she says can i buy this from you and i was like you know jill's the oh, the first person to buy something physically from me the no first person kidding. dude i for years nobody's bought anything for me i i would give things out for charities and do things here but it wasn't like an actual like I want your artwork. And uh, I remember she wrote a check for me. That was my first check too. I even scanned it. I took a picture. I just remember to like erase all her information. I said, we can't have her bank information. Right. So I was like, that's illegal. But it legit says Jill Thompson to, you know, my name. And that was a sign of, I need to go do this. Right. Mm -hmm. So I signed up, you know, that's where the name Wolf comes to because people right. on my app, and my application, it says, uh, what do you want to be called? And I remember I was sitting there for like a good minute. And I said, from this day on, the name Maria dies. And I shall be called Will. And <laughs> <laughs> just howling alone in this office. <laughs> like, so everybody started calling me Wolf. And I was like, yes, yes, I like this. I like this a lot. <laughs> and you know what, dude? And I tell people I'm very grateful where my destiny has taken me. Because from that... From that moment, I chose to take the leap of faith mm -hmm. and just jump. It went from one to the other to the other. I finished every year I was finishing. I was learning things like you see how I draw a lot of the female characters. Yeah. Never knew how to draw a female character. I'm not lying to you. Really? Never knew. I went into that school because they told me, what do you want to learn? I was like, can I draw a proper female character? They would either be like uh misshapen they would look like an like an animal morph it was just like horrible i was like i really want to learn properly the anatomy of female i want to get more they pushed me on that right and then one thing led to another another and the confidence my confidence even got higher i was already confident i always told myself i was gonna be somewhere some somebody right i was gonna be hmm. big because even when in a young age too i i beloved i believed I was supposed to be somewhere. I'm supposed mm -hmm. to be something. I've always had that as a young kid. And now that all these events started happening, I, I started more and more. The confidence just kept going, right? Yeah. 
So uh, after my first year or my second year, I finally did my first convention. I went right back again to Wizard World, where the first convention I went to. I went back in there, met tons of people, sold all my artwork, made back all my money. And from that, boom, 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 C2E2. Then I'm traveling out of state and I'm doing all these things. Convention, convention, and it's just selling, selling. And each year it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And my confidence got bigger. And then, of course, reality hits you. You graduate and you have so much debt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I had not just debt from school. I had debt from other things, too. Credit cards, you know, medical, yeah. all that stuff. So when that happened, I took a two-year hiatus. So I was gone for two years. Uh, I, I went to go get myself. And the reason why I was gone for two years is because the last convention I did was C2E2. And when I did C2E2, I had made so much money. I was happy. I did. And then reality hit again because that money wasn't going back into my pocket. It was going to the debt collectors yeah. because you know how the debt collectors are. Yep. They don't care. They take what you make. <laughs> so I remember I sat there and I told myself, this will be the last time somebody's going to take money from me that I worked so hard. Right. Yeah. And I, I worked my ass off and then they're going to come out of nowhere. Like, Oh, that, that's a nice paycheck right there. Let me just take that away. Right. Especially at a convention too, where I worked my ass off. So yeah, that's why I took my two year hiatus. I went, I worked at a retail job, a full-time retail job. God, did I hate it. I became yeah. so depressed. I was going crazy. I gained so much weight. It was just brutal. I even stopped drawing so much. I, I literally was just like every day. And it was funny because the first day I worked at that job, I remember I told people, I can't wait till I quit. All right. And people are just like, what are you talking about? It's good benefits. You get good benefits, good pay. I was like, I don't care. I'm not supposed yeah. to be in here. I'm not supposed to be with any of you guys. <laughs> You're supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be somewhere else. <laughs> and they're like, and it's funny too, because they didn't believe me for a very long time. I worked there for two years. One day I was drawing uh, a sketch for something. And, you know, and it's funny when you tell people you're an artist, because people are like, oh, yeah, you know, you paint, you draw. They don't think like, they don't think much of it. Like, you know, yeah. you, you do doodles, right? So legit, I have my big giant sketchbook and I'm drawing and they're like, oh, wait, oh, damn, you could actually draw. I was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, I told you I didn't have to be here. <laughs> they're like, wow, you're not lying. I was like, I would never was lying. I told you I'm not supposed to be here. So then finally, I paid off all my debt. Oh, man, was that just a weight off oh, my shoulder? It got to the point where I remember I was just standing still. Uh, I forgot what project I was doing. One of the guys, oh, I was tearing up too. I told him, you don't understand. You literally have take, paid off all my debt because I, I accepted the project. And he's like, oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, you don't understand. I've been two years stuck in here. My debt's over. I'm finally free. And he's like, well, damn, I should start focusing on paying off my debt. I was like, <laughs> I'm free. And then I was just like, you know what? Maybe I'll stay here a little longer. And then some BS was happening. I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to take the leap of faith. I'm going to do it like I, I'm going to have just as much confidence as I had going into it, yeah, going yeah. back into it, right? And I quit my job. I just said, nope, I could do it. My dad and my mom were terrified. They were just like, how are you going to pay your, your your bills, your rent? But this is when I was like, you know, I was doing projects. I was getting paid. I was getting my paychecks. I even saved the money, too, so I could quit. And uh, my dad, of course, didn't believe me. He's like, you know, you're going to suffer, all these things. Uh, and I said, no, I, I still had the confidence. Like I said, I, still, I believed in myself even all these years that, Something is going to happen. It, it has to happen. Uh, you know, I've worked so hard. 
why wouldn't it not happen, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, I came back two years, and then I started posting all my art. People were just like, oh, wow, where have you been? All these things. And luckily, my buddy Mark, who uh, did the uh, comic book By the Horns, have you ever read it? Uh, I'm a very big fan. Uh, and that when I when you got that cover from oh uh, yeah, that book, that's when I was like, holy shit, yes. this is great. Well, you know, and that's the thing. So, and I think that's what boosted even more. I'm not lying to you. That is the start of where I am right now. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He messaged me and he said. I want you to do a cover for me. And once again, I was like, <laughs> I actually have legit work. You want to publish like damn straight. So it was my first cover, my first published cover. And I said to myself, I'm going to make this the most badass cover you've ever seen. Yeah, you, you know, did, uh, you did. It's really, really <laughs> fucking good. And that's with every cover I do. I make sure I always give 110. I never want to BS on my work. Sometimes I'm a little late on my covers. I'll be like, a uh, day or five, but <laughs> but uh, just if anyone has seen your inks, I think it's worth right. it. Right, and that's why, and you know, and that's why I, I pushed it to that point because I don't want to ever give anybody crappy work. Yeah, you know, I've come so far doing the best. Why am I going to give you, you know, not the best? I'm going to give you the hundred percent. So he was the first guy. The cover came great, and from there, just you know, I started kept posting my art. Luckily, I was on Twitter, and one of the editors from Marvel found me. And she said, hey, would you like to do a cover for the women's voices, you know? And I was just like, first, I thought this was a scam. I was like, nobody from Marvel is going to message me. You know, it's a lie. But, you know, I was just, I was optimistic. I was like, I hope this is from Marvel. And my sisters, being the spies they are, they're those kind of people who could, like, you know, right. go, you know, what's her name? What's your email? We're going to go down scope and like, you know, make sure she's not catfishing or whatever. <laughs> you know, my sister, I'm the, I'm the horrible one. I'm just like, I'll take your word. I'm like, yeah, you look just like your picture, right? <laughs> what the hell? Was yeah. that the, the magic one? Yes, the magic one. And uh, Was that the first time working with Mike Spicer too? That's the first time. We're, so I knew Daniel Warren. I knew about his work and stuff. And I knew his colors too. Because I knew it was Mike Spicer, right? And then, uh, and we have a joke about that. Every time I see, I see Daniel, I tell him, I was like, I stole your colorist from you. Damn straight. Because <laughs> <laughs> I believe in, so, like in the comic industry, you see how some artists do everything. Yeah. You know, some pencils, inks, colors. I'm not that kind of artist, right? I don't believe in doing it. I think you should, that's why other people have jobs too, because we have to give jobs to other people. Yeah. Right, and I I like the how the people do manga too. Like you know how you have a penciler, an inker, a colorist, a letterer, and they've been doing that for you know years going on, and even some comic book artists do too. And I want to do that because it's less pressure on you and less yeah. weight on you too, because it makes no sense. You're going crazy penciling, and then you got to ink it, then you got to clean it up, then you got to color it. And I was like, no, 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 no. And I remember when I was at the school too. They would tell me, well, you need to learn how to letter and you need to know how to color. I don't like, I'm going to get somebody to do all that. Get that, get that balloon like, out of my face. I was like, somebody could do this and they could do it better than what I could do, right? Because mm-hmm. they've professionally been doing it for years, right. right? I Right now, my years are just for pencil and inking. It will still take a few more years for me to properly learn how to color and how to do lettering. Like those, because remember, those are mastering things too, Mm -hmm. you know, people don't understand that, that 
you know, it's it's another time and amount. The amount that I had to learn for coloring and for lettering, I could already be doing, you know, five commissions by the time I learn how to properly color. So, right. and time is money. So, you know, you got to constantly keep moving. But no, yeah. So when they tell me like, oh, we're going to have, it was supposed to be another colorist, but she was booked. I forgot. She was like a female colorist. She was like a legendary female in Marvel. I have the email. I got to find her name. But they're like, oh, no, sorry, she's booked. I was like, oh, that's okay. And they're like, but we have Mike Spicer. And I'm like, Mike Spicer? Oh, that's Daniel's guy. And you saw how he did beautiful, those colors. Like, Mm -hmm. he just... And that's what I like about Mike, too, that he knows my artwork. He he legit... I can give him inks and little details that I think nobody's going to notice. He could see them. And he can color them. Oh, he's good. And it's hard to find a really good colorist that matches your work. Or understands you. Hey, oh my God, Mike, I gotta, you don't know how many times I would just want to like grab him and give him like a big kiss and a hug. <laughs> so many times in Marvel, they're like, oh my God, we have deadlines. We had deadlines. I'm like, Mike, I am so sorry for being really late. Can you get this done in two days? And Mike's like, I got you, Maria. I was like, damn straight, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I truly appreciate. That's why I said I like the teamwork. Oh, I don't yeah. know in the future, maybe one day I'll get it. Somebody will ink for my work. And I don't have to ever worry about inking again, right? But I like inking, so. Well, that's what I said. Uh, it was great. So, and then that's, so my buddy Mark, when I did that cover, led me to get to the Marvel. Mm-hmm. And then Marvel, that one cover, boom, everywhere. It's because of that magic cover, everybody just said, oh, we need to hear. Can you do this? Can you do that? And I, like I said, i am just been very, very grateful, very happy. Yeah. And uh, and it's funny too because a lot of the artwork because every time I get a cover, there's been like three times where they're like they reference the the magic cover. They're like, yeah, we want this cover. Can you do it like your magic cover? And I was like, oh okay. <laughs> and people have been after that cover, but yeah. So I, I got that's how I got the art dealer right now. That's how I got all the covers right now, and it just keeps going. And that's it. Sometimes, though, I curse myself because I, I'm, I tend to be really fast. I could get a cover done within, like, four days. Tops. Oh, that's wild. So I could do that. And if I need more time, maybe a week. But that's because I'm, like, eh, I'm just taking my time with it. But most covers, I could get them about four to five days. And Marvel saw that. They saw that I could go really fast. So what happens when you go really fast? Oh, here's that another project. Here's a... So, like, all my commissions were getting behind, all my projects. And I've been getting, like, tons of emails. Luckily now I finally cleaned up all those freaking covers and I'm like, and, but there was an incident that happened in Marvel and with my covers too. And they said, okay, this is a lesson for us and a lesson for you. We cannot overpile you with, with covers. And then they sent me somebody to track me on my covers and to track my time to make sure that I'm not going to give them no more late projects. Right. So, and it's just like, Oh damn, they're sending people after me. that's wild so so that's it's funny so now i get like you know now i'm I'm right here i'm like at the oh you know not so many covers and the cool thing is that now i can work on people's commissions which is great because i'm just like boom 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 i'm like finishing Mm -hmm. up these commissions like crazy because once the art dealer once that whole when they announce me then they're gonna be like oh commissions are open and you know which is good too but uh yeah buddy like i said i'm just very very grateful i'm very blessed and I'm grateful for the people I've worked with, and I'm grateful for my editors. Grateful for Mike. Oh, God, thank God. <laughs> I was like, 
and that's the thing too. People tell me like, oh, well, your your covers don't need the colors, or but that's the thing. The colors help it pop out so much. It, it just comes to life. It's just yeah. like it's about to move. And I'm I'm always constantly selling, uh, sending voice messages to Mike. You should see them. I'm like, oh my god, Mike, thank you so much. Or or we're I don't know if you've been noticing. I keep calling us uh, Team Wolf Spice. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I send him a message, you're like, damn straight, go team Wolf Spice. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> and he's this guy. I swear. I don't know how he tolerates me, but <laughs> oh yeah. I got a I got a question for you. Okay. Throw it at me. Would it be fucked up? Okay. If the next day horses had fingers on their hooves, but you're the only person that remembered when they had regular hooves. No, I, th- I think that would be freaking funny. <laughs> because I'm the kind of person who'd be like, no guys, no, you don't understand. They had hooves. They had bloody fucking hooves. And they're like, no, they have fingers. What are you talking about? You know, it'd be freaking me out too. Either I would think I'm high or something. <laughs> I was like, nah, 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 nah. I know I didn't smoke today. No. <laughs> well, be funny. So you'd think it'd be hilarious. You'd like draw this picture of a horse and like with their hooves, and everyone's like, that's gross. What are you doing? Right. No, I think that would be freaking hilarious. Yeah, I know I'd be freaking out. Because I've had situations where that where bad arguments were like, no, I didn't say that. Or like, no, you did. I know you did. You know, that so to prove to somebody that you know they're wrong, that this didn't happen. You know, it'd be more creepy though. If the what? horse comes up to me and he talks to me and tells me we did have hooves, and then I would be like, why are you telling me this? Because no one's going to ever believe you. And then it puts its, its fingers like on your shoulders. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. There'd be just like horses around me. And I'm just like. like <laughs> I think that's when it crosses over into this is fucked up. I was like, like okay. talking to you and like and this is, you um, Whoa, what's it called? The Twilight Zone. What other questions? I know you got odd questions. Yeah, we are at the point where I ask you the five questions we ask every every guest. All right. These are based off of uh, Inside the Actor Studio by James Lipton. Okay. So, number one, I would like to know, Maria Wolf. Yes. What is your favorite sound effect in comics? Oh, that's a good. Now, I'm not a big fan of the classic kapow or pow or bad. It's, it's like, passe. You know, it's crunch. Crunch? Crunch or like, like whenever you get like the villains or something and they snap the back of somebody. Right. Or, the, or they grab them and you just see them like crush them and you hear that crack crunch and like split. Like, oh, I love that sound. It's just like a really, because you could just imagine it. You're like, oh man, his, he's gone. His that back is in half <laughs> now. It's like. Like when Bane like cracked Batman's yes. bag, like mm-hmm. boom, like just and you could just feel it. You're like, oh man, you just imagine you're on the floor like, like that. And you can't <laughs> move because your freaking spine's broken. Because you got you got crunched. You got crunched, man. You got crunched. Or like whenever like a dinosaur eats like a you know character and you just like crunch. It's Jurassic like, Park. Right. Eats the lawyer out the toilet. I just I don't know. I like the sound of like the crunch or like the the destroying part of it. Cause I used to do that to my Barbies. That's why. But nobody knows it. Well, people are gonna know now. <laughs> I grew up as a tomboy, as you could tell. And I, my aunts who never saw me, 
or like for years and they'd give me a Barbie. And I hated this thing. I'd be like, what the hell am I going to do with a Barbie, right? But my mom would have frozen strawberries, right? So if you take out frozen strawberries, you know, they thaw, they get all gummy. You know, yeah. you could rip them out like flesh, right? So I would take out the parts of the Barbies, drip strawberry juice all over them and like have like little, tear up the strawberries. And I had my T-Rexes and I would put like little meat inside their mouths and blood, you know, and you just see them eating the, the Barbies. That's so cool. <laughs> oh, I was creative. I'm like, how are we going to make blood in this? And like <laughs> flesh and it's strawberry flesh. <laughs> um, but yes, crunch. Crunch would be crunch there. Is good. So yeah. number two, what is your favorite thing about sequential art? It's the creativity of it. I gotta say that I like when people really go outside the box and literally outside the But I do like that. I love when the, a character is going into like another panel or and and that's the thing too, like learning in that school, like I'm still having trouble with sequential art because people mm -hmm. ask me, Well, why not go into sequential? You'll make more money. You know, doing interiors, right? Doing interiors, right? Because they give you like a, I guess when you do like uh, 22 pages, they give you a bigger check, right? Which makes sense, right? So they're like, you should do sequentials and stuff. And I tell people, like, don't get me wrong, I like sequentials. I don't mind doing it, but I feel the fear is that most of all the sequentials I've been doing, uh, I don't know why, but for some reason when I do a sequential art, all the detail, all the, like the fun parts about like me as an artist get cut off in, in sequential art. Huh. And I have more fun in covers because one, I could take it as much time as I want on a cover oh. and I could be as detailed and as crazy as I want. And pretty much, you know, my editors are just like, make it look cool. You know, that's, that's it. Yeah. Like just make it look cool and make sure the words can fit. But when it's sequential, it's very like rule based. Like you got to do it this way. It has to be this way. It has to be. So when it's very direction, direction, I noticed like my lack of fun or interest in it, it goes like like that. Oh, but that's personally for me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that's personally for me. That's why I'm trying to like train myself too more in sequential because I wanna. I have a comic book that I've been dealing with for like ten years. Oh. Ten years of like after I graduated, I had this really cool comic book idea. It's constantly transformed till like now. Actually, now oof, twelve years now. <laughs> 12 years and I find oh so here's a good team too so if everybody knows Mark is gonna be the writer for my comic book uh, I think that's a pretty good choice oh my god and it's funny I sent him a message and I told him because I know he was busy working on by the horns so I told him hey do you know anybody who's like really into Norse mythology and heavy metal who's super raw and like really likes gore and is just like psycho like let's just rip people apart yeah, crunch. let's keep crunching and crunching <laughs> and he said yeah me and i was like oh, oh duh. <laughs> he's like unless you want somebody else who's more metal than me i was like i like your attitude that's what i like <laughs> i love somebody who could tell me i'm supposed to be your writer right right so then we're talking and right now we're gonna be so hopefully by next year we can like start putting pages down and stuff Mm. But if you're really into Norse mythology and blood and gore and freaking Vikings, it's, it's going to be fun. It, planning this for 12 years now, guys. <laughs> Almost there. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so this is for the sequential art. Like I said, I love it. I love the creativity. I like how 
you can tell like one of the greatest things Jill Thompson ever told me, and this is how I cheat a lot of with my sequentials. She says the best comic books are the ones with no words because you gotta convince people how the story is happening with just movement. Mm -hmm. How can you tell a story with just movement? Just emotion is an expression, no word. And the day she told me that, I told her because like I told you, I don't write. I'm horrible at writing. I, every time people read my script, they're like, what did you write? I was like, look, man, I just type. I don't put periods. I don't do autocorrect. I just type, 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 type. So if you read it, I'm telling you, that's right. If you read it, you'd be like, I'm about to have the majors. Have yeah, seriously. Out there, right? You'd be like, I'm going to hit you, Maria. I'm just going to whack you, right? So that's why I said, I'm not a writer. I always tell the joke, Maria, hate words. Maria, draw only. Maria, <laughs> smash words. <laughs> so that's why I needed a writer for my comic book, because I'm like, if I write you, he even told me, yeah, send me the things you worked on. I was like, okay, it's only drawings. And half of it is gibberish, because if you read what I wrote, you'd be like, what the hell are you saying? <laughs> but that's why. So that's why I've been cheating with my sequentials. It's like no words. I don't want to ever put words in it. I'm like, if anybody right. tells me, yeah, let's do an eight page. I was like, I'll be happy to do an eight page because I'm not going to write one damn word about it. And I'm just going to figure out how to tell a story with no words. And it works all the time. <laughs> now I'm wondering, the, the third question is, what do you dislike about sequential art? Would it be the the writing aspect? You know what? I think it, what gets to me is that, so I've had a couple of writers tell me, and this is what I don't like certain writers, but I don't like them, but I don't like when people are not very honest with me. So uh. I'll get like people who tell me like, yeah, I love your artwork. You could do whatever you want. Here's the word. You could do it the way you want it. I want you to do it your way, right? And I'm like, oh, cool. I can finally have the freedom to do it the way I want. Yeah. And then they're like, then they'll come and tell me, okay, so what are your ideas? How are you going to do this? And I'm like, okay, picture this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. It's going to look like this. And they're like, well, how about if we do it this? And I was like, ah, oh, you son of a gun. You lied to me in my face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that just mentally, like, like, gets to me where I'm just like, well, in truth, you didn't want me to do it the way yeah. that I wanted to do it. Because if I had done it the way, it would be very experimental. It'd be like, once again, coming out of the border, artwork everywhere. Like, it, it'd be really fun. So when I have people tell me, like, uh, no, I prefer it this way, I'm like, okay, just be honest with me. Just tell me, like, you prefer it to look this way, and it has to be that way, right? So very rule ba basis by that. And I think the one thing, like I said, too, another, like, personal thing and when it comes to sequential it's like very I and that's the cool thing about when you figure out with your artists and your writers mm -hmm. like who works works uh, and then you figure out what kind of works you like like I I learned personally if the works are too monotone or they're too like army based in a sense so like I learned like I'm not good with army books I really am not or like army books or all these things or if they require like a lot of like cars and helicopters and <laughs> to me it's just like you know but you look at my art i don't really do any i'm more of a fantasy artist yeah yeah so i learned that lesson never doing that again you know i did a book and i i've never promoted book i'm not gonna say what book it is because they're gonna be like oh i see you never promoted our book right i don't want to say anything right but there was a book i did and i remember i was losing interest in it I was just while losing, you were doing it? While I was doing it. I was oh. like already four issues in. Four, it was four issues. 
I did half of those issues. I only penciled them. I was supposed to ink it. And that's, that's another thing too. You learn your limits too. Like I always tell people, I think I'm going to be like Joe Mad one day. So I don't know if you know about Joe Mad. Like he only does like a few issues. What if he gets paid a lot, of course. <laughs> but too, like Marvel or DC will allow Joe Mad to go for like a whole year to do one project, right? Uh, because one, he's Joe Mad, right? Yeah. But you see how much detail that man puts, right? Well, yeah, how much detail, and he also has like the whole gaming thing on the side, right? But that's why I said he just he just does so much. So it gets a point. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be like Joe Mad one day. I'm gonna be like, you only get one issue from me, one per year, and that's that. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll get nothing else because another thing too. It's the sequential part where I want to take my time to do all these details and all these, and I don't like to be rushed. And you know that doesn't help too, especially when they want you to do. That's why I said teamwork works really great. You're the penciler, you're the inker, you're the colors. So when I was doing this comic book, I would have to be the penciler and the inker, and it was just getting too much. It was getting too much, and it didn't help that Marvel cut me off halfway because that's when Marvel. Cut, uh, contacted me and I was so interested because it was Marvel you know, like, right. oh, you know who's not gonna say no to Marvel but I also had this comic book so I still was working on the comic book but the interest started going away and if you're not passionate in what you do you know it's gonna be a really nasty comic book and they even brought in another artist to work on it right oh, wow. to, to ink on my work and stuff so he was inking my work but it was sad because like so the first two issues I did the other two issues he did and he fixed a lot of my, like, he did the backgrounds, and he, he did a wonderful job. And the sad thing about it is that they should have credited him, too, as the artist. And I felt bad. I felt so bad about that, because it literally, it's the writer, and it says, art done by me. Oh, that's by And I felt so nasty. And it, I couldn't, we couldn't stop it. It went out for printing, right? And that's why I never promoted it, because I think it's just my guilt that, you know, he should have been uh, I mean, they put him down as the inker, but I'm like, he did way more than inking. That man was drawing that comic book. I only did half of that comic book, and I only sketched the other half, and he was the one who was inking it and drawing the backgrounds. He did so much of that stuff. That's why I say I won't mention the comic book, because they're going to just look at me like, hmm, right? <laughs> but like, like I said, uh, I, wa I want to give people their credit, what they deserve, right? Yeah. So... So, yes, I will feel guilty <laughs> for that. I will not take credit for, you know, credit is, you give credit to where it's due. Yeah. And he, he deserved it. And if I ever see him in the conventions, I know for sure I'm going to tell him, I was like, you should have had your name on that desk. <laughs> I was like, it should have been me. And he does go to the convention. I know I'm going to see him one day. I'm going to tell him, you know what, let's erase my name and put your freaking name there. You know, and the author is a really well-known author, too. But like, things happen. Things happen for a reason, like yeah. I said. But I think that should have been, I truly think that comic should have been for him. And like I said, and that's how I learned what kind of books I could do, what works for me, mm -hmm. and just how it works. But that, that's the one thing about Sequential. It's its not, one, it's where you're like, yeah, sure, you have the freedom. You don't have the freedom. <laughs> right? They're lying to you. And two, it's the, it's, it's the losing the interest. It's losing the interest in the work itself. And I did feel bad because I was just like, you know, I in the end I should have just gave it to somebody. And, mm -hmm. But we were I already signed the contract. It was already halfway done. Can't do nothing about it. But eh. well, on a on a more positive note, with number four, <laughs> it's, 
What's your what's your favorite curse word that's not actually a curse word? Yeah. Oh, well, damn, it's a curse word. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn. Hmm. I'm trying to really think of that. Because I curse like a sailor. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll actually say damn shit. Well, I can't say everything on the <laughs> online. Um Damn. They see that saying damn all the time. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, this is a podcast full of swears, and this question always trips people up. Yeah, because what do you? Okay, what do you say? What's oh, your? Oh, dude, I I dip into the old man bag. I'm like, oh, fiddlesticks, consarn it, damn good. <laughs> because when you say that stuff, it's it's funny and it diffuses the situation, and then you, it's just fun to say. I will say this. Uh, my dad used to say rap bastards. You know, yeah. it's like those damn rat bastards. <laughs> that was one. So I do say that here. I always say, oh, you know what? Maybe not to curse somebody, but to say like they're bad. Uh, a snake in the grass. Oh, that's nice. That's what I used to always say. I was like, oh, they're just a snake in the grass. That Oh, I used to, oh, there you go. I would say, there you go. I would say yeah. that. And my friend one time, she told me, I was like, oh, that's a good that's a good way of saying that. I was like, yeah, I remember I would say snake in the grass because they're just hiding. And when you turn your back, they're just gonna, you what? know. And it's such like, it's a, it's a phrase with longevity. Yeah. 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 Snake in the grass. Like imagine, imagine you're walking, you know, and you're talking to somebody and they just look at you and tell you, you're just a snake in the grass. And you're just like, oh, well, I don't, that's an insult. And like, <laughs> I just be standing like, dad gum, why'd you have to go do that? <laughs> There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> They're poisoned yeah. in the water. Oh. <laughs> but now, yeah, oh, I would yeah. say, yeah, snake in the grass. Yeah, there you go. So, so besides that, I'll curse at you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so number five. Um, okay. Well, I have bad news. Oh. So you were in a wing eating competition. Uh, but okay. someone substituted a wing for... Uh, like a human hand, and while you're you're trying to wolf it down, it choked you from the inside and you died. That's terrible. So you're dead, and you go to what we perceive to be heaven. And okay. when you when you get there, there's a there's a little dude with a cigar and he's wearing a wife beater and he's at okay. a drafting table, and it's Jack Kirby. And what do ah! you what do you think is the first thing Jack Kirby says to you in heaven? Why did you not chew? <laughs> no, I think anybody would tell me that. Oh, you didn't chew. I think Jack Kirby would have told me, you're telling me you didn't finish three issues in one week? <laughs> oh, you see, that's the thing, too. Like, I know Jack Kirby would just, because that man just worked his ass off. Dude. That's the thing, like, if you're you're doing a cover in, like, four to five days, which is insanely fast by today's standards, oh, if right? he was literally doing issues a day. Dude, and that's the thing, and that, that's, oh, man, imagine, to somebody who's just works harder than you, has, like, stricter standards than you, is, like, the disciplined person, and then they look at you and they say, at least when you die, you could at least finish, like, five of those issues or something. Yeah, and that's the thing. We I was talking to my sister, like so, like uh, a lot of like really famous comic book artists or Japanese artists, too, manga artists. 
you've noticed they've been dying really young, right? Uh-huh. Like the creator of Berserk died really, which uh, rest yeah. in peace, man. I like, rest in peace to the homie. As like for all inkers, that was our king right there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Great work, but he died like in his fifties, and even other artists too died in their fifties or younger. And then you tell yourself like they're literally working themselves to death, right? They yeah. are just boom, 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 and they know they're sick. And they know, you know, but they, they have to finish their work because it's the principle, it's the it's their pride and joy that is who they are known for. And I remember I tell my sister, because my sisters get upset when I stay up, like there's times I'll stay up two days, 24 hours. Like I'll only sleep like two hours here and an hour here. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, boom, boom, boom. I'm trying to get like all these. I told you, Marvel, there was one time Marvel had me back to back and I, what was it? I did a Kickstarter. I did three Kickstarters in one week and they were all due one is my fault because i was working on marvel covers and i should have worked on their kickstarter but i like literally put them for a whole one whole week and i literally have like three covers right here and i'm just like draw ink draw ink draw ink draw ink draw ink and the day that they were all done and i finished and i guess they were all buddies buddies so they all like you know one writer knew this artist and then so i sent them all an email around the same time and then they come they all message me i didn't know you were working on his cover Oh, I don't know. You're like, did you finish all these covers and like all the same time? I was like, man, you don't know me. <laughs> I'll do it. I'm crazy like that, right? <laughs> but I got all their covers done and all in time for their Kickstarter. But that's why I said too, like my sisters get upset because they're like, because they know who my favorite artists are and they know that they've passed away. And then that's when they tell me like, well, you're going to work yourself to death. You know, you're going to be just like them. You're going to die. Look at them. Look at they died young. Where are they going? And achieved, I was like, they achieved greatness. What are you talking about? They are no. I'm the opposite. I'm the one who's like, no, I have to die for my artwork. I will, you know. <laughs> I want to be up there with Jack Kirby drop circles while people. My fingers will bleed. I'll have blisters. My heart racing because I only had two hours of sleep within the past three days. It was like I don't care. I was like, yeah, but like I said, it's your family and your friends, and they'll be like, well, does you no good because now they're dead. I was like. Yeah, but they're legendary now. They got <laughs> names to them, you know. And it and it's it's true. Once you die, your art is worth like ten times more. I was like, I'm gonna be there. I gotta. <laughs> so my sisters hate me. So that's why I think if Jack Kirby ever told me like, right, if I saw him here, he'd be like, you didn't finish. I'm like, I'm sorry, Jack. You're right. I should have. <laughs> that's on me. That's on me. I should have not even gone to that hot wing competition. I should have stayed home and worked on that cover. Those three covers do. See, this is what happens when I want some fun. <laughs> Maria, thank you so much for joining us. Where can folks find you on the socials? Well, guys, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. I go by uh, the Wolf Maria. So, you know. I'm not going to spell it out. There you go. The Wolf Maria. <laughs> yeah. We're know? assuming everyone's literate while they're listening. Oh, please. I hope. I hope you understand. <laughs> you know, I might be dyslexic, but no. <laughs> but no, you can find me on Instagram. You can come find me on uh, Twitter. And you can also find me on Facebook called uh, The Art. What is it? Yeah, The Art of Maria Wolf. There you go. There you go. The Art of Maria Wolf. I haven't used my Facebook in a long time. That too. I am going to have a website too. Hopefully soon, definitely this year, because I I know a lot of people have been asking me for covers and like for artwork and stuff. And it's more professional, so I'll have more of a professional website. (laughs) I guess I got to do those things. (laughs) Well, dude, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It was really fun. I really enjoyed it. I love your questions. You're great.
This has been a Comic Book Yeti production. You can find new episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere podcasts stream. For more information on the Comic Book Yeti, please visit comicbookyeti.com. And for more of Grant, visit grantstoy.com or on Twitter at Grant and Stuff.